Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cavi Productions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Conquest of Bliss. I am here with my new friend, Matthew, and we are going to talk about big surprise, happiness. How are you today, Matthew? I'm doing well. How are you? I am. I'm okay. I'm okay. I mean, you know, full transparency. Things have been a little challenging health-wise, but otherwise, I'm good. Um, So... First of all, I'm going to talk a little bit how we connected because it's super weird. So we both barely know someone who put us in a Snapchat group together. And that's, that's I guess it's not as good of a story as it is in my head because that was a very short story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting though. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly my Snapchat's just blowing up and it is literally all people that I don't know. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of fun and everyone in there is so nice. They share like daily morning snaps and stuff. Yeah. It's surprisingly active for an accidental group. Uh, <laughs> and, nope. and so we were talking briefly before the show and you were talking a little bit about how your definition of happiness has changed over the years. So could you tell me a little bit first about the definition of happiness as it was fed to you when you were young and then, and then afterward a little bit about what it looks like now and how it's different. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much mine differs from most people, but I feel like when I was raised, there was a model or a, or a blueprint kind of put together of this is what happiness is, or this is how you obtain happiness. You know, obviously there were things like money um, and uh, there were things, I was grew up in a religious home. So, you know, being, being very close to God and, and such was that uh, having a home, having children, um, having um, a steady job and um, obviously some jobs were better than others. If I was a, you know, if I, if I was a doctor or a lawyer, I would be happier than if I were a garbage man or working at McDonald's, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, all, all that kind of, you know, obviously I'm a male. So happiness was having a beautiful um, wife and, and um, you know, all this kind of just silly, dumb stuff that, Really, I think that I was raised to believe that these are milestones and these are achievements and none of those are achievements and none of those are important. And that when you put importance on things like that, that um, are different and not everybody has them and, and not everybody has them in the same degree and and um, and such that you're just going to be let down and you're going to be left wanting and such. And I think that for half of my life, that was definitely me. I Mm -hmm. mean, with religious stuff, I was always um, feeling like I was never good enough because I kept sinning, you know, and I, you know, it was, you know, why am I not good? You know, and then, you know, I would see either pastors or whatever, you know, cussing or, or doing something bad or, you know, even if they, you know, big kind of things like a pastor would cheat on his wife and then he'd have to be let go from his job. And I'm like, well, you know, why is he so bad? And why is that, you know, if everybody feels this way and wants that, why is it bad? You know, whatever, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then, you know, you date the pretty girl who ends up being mean. Then you date the, you know, a girl that might not be as conventionally as pretty as everyone else says she is, but then she's awesome, you know? And, and you're like, well, why? that doesn't make sense. Cause this isn't supposed to be happiness. That's supposed to be happiness. And, you know, stupid stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm a musician and I, I remember from a very early age that like once I, you know, started seeing that I had a talent in this, wanted to do this, that I kept having people 
tell me how I was just going to be met with unhappiness. You know, I was going to be poor and I was going to be, you know, have no place to stay and no woman would want me and all this kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, just this dumb and awful to, to try to squash someone's, you know, someone, not even someone's anything, but just someone. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I've seen a lot of that in particular is that like, no, no, no. You only think that that's happiness. That's not real happiness. What you really need is to accomplish and to produce you know, mm. for the glory of God in this case, but. <laughs> and, uh, and so um, do you want to talk a little bit before you talk about what happiness means to you now, a little bit about your journey to happiness and, and, and uh, sort of what created that shift in you? I mean, I, I assume you're, you're kind of post-Christian sort of. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I believe in a God. I feel, we don't have to go into this, but I believe in a God, <laughs> but I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not super religious anymore or anything like that. Um, I definitely have reframed some things. Um, but uh, yeah, the journey, I think that honestly, the the stuff that has helped shape me the most has been um, people, uh, personal growth, you know, going through. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that I've met and a lot of traveling and, and just meeting all different types of people and and just seeing that there, that there isn't just one way. I mean, like, I, I mean, up until my late twenties, early thirties, I still was tr- really struggling with the fact that I was a musician and I, I wasn't making a ton of money and that, uh, I wasn't married and, and nobody wanted me. And, you know, and that, you know, my family was on unha- my parents weren't unhappy with me because I didn't have a normal job and all this kind of stuff. And then I met this couple in North Carolina and they were, uh, older and had two grown children and, um, owned a house and they both worked like three jobs each, but they, and they were doing, you know, artsy things and things they wanted, but they were paying the bills and they were probably some of the happiest people I ever met in my life, you know? <laughs> and like that, like really like was so eye opening to me, like, Oh, I don't have to, there isn't like, I don't have to go work at some plant or, you know, some nine to five desk job and to, to get what I'm supposed to have. And, you know, and, you know, of course through like relationship stuff going through and dating women and, and things failing and me thinking, oh, you know, I think that, I don't know if it, how it is for you, but for me, I think I was raised to believe that everything is supposed to last forever. You know, like mm-hmm. you, you, you know, meet your girlfriend and in, in high school or college and then you, uh, or you get you know, married. Your partner, your partner. Yeah. You get married, you have kids, you, you buy the house, you work at the job and you're going to be at that job forever. You're going to be at the house forever. You're going to have the best friends that you met in high school for, or whatever, middle school, whatever, forever. You're going to be with that wife forever. And like, I think that another thing that really helped me a lot was embracing the end. Like mm-hmm. to know that like everything ends has given me so much more clarity and, and made me so much more happy because when I'm spending a moment with somebody, whether I'm traveling or, or seeing them or whatever, especially right now, it's very sobering because you know you, I don't see that many people so when I see them you know, you know I don't know when I'm gonna see them again kind of thing um, yeah. uh, but I, I frame it in a way of like well if this is the last time I'm ever gonna see them like what if I move or they move or something god forbid something bad happens I want to experience this and I want to have I want to remember this and have uh, the the best moment be be the most aware and, and present that I can be and all kind of stuff and so it always makes that moment better for me and and I, I hopefully us <laughs> and <laughs> and then I feel like the memory is always better too and 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 then knowing that things end 
like I think that we're raised to believe that when relationships end that they've failed but no relationship is a failed relationship every relationship is 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 integral in making you who you are mm-hmm. and framing that and knowing that has really helped me be a better person you know because you know if if I I've I've moved a lot I've lived in uh, I don't know lots of cities within Georgia and then I've also lived in uh, two other states and tried to move to California with the band to get screwed. But that, that doesn't really count because I never really changed my address. But the other ones, I lived there in North Carolina for seven years and Louisiana for five years. And then I just moved back to Georgia. And but all I this moving stuff. I expected you to have a lot more accent. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But Oh, you're fine. Do you want some more of this? I could do that. I could talk like this. Um, that's, how my, that's how my sister talks. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, like in moving all a lot, I met a lot of people, and they, um, like, yeah. I, it's sad that I don't see these people again. And I don't know if for some of them, I don't know if I ever will. But then I, I framed it that way. So when I look at them, I know that you know what I had a great time with them, and they've made me a better person. And if they ne- if I never see them again, at least I know that that like they made my life better, and hopefully I made theirs. You know. Well, yeah, like impermanence is such a, that's a, it's an interesting topic and it's not one that's come up a lot on here, believe it or not. Um, and, and something that you said, like no relationship is a failure. They all are integral to who you are. A little side note, my boyfriend and I were talking the other day and we were talking about if we won the lottery. And I was like, I think if we won the lottery, we should give money to all of our exes because they made us who we are. And he's all, uh-huh. hell no. So um, <laughs> that's not going to happen. But it just reminded me of that. Um, and uh, to follow up a little bit. So, um, you know, we were, we were, I think, originally taught. And I think that for a lot of people um, from older generations, it was true that things were more permanent. You know, many people did work the same job for 40 years and they did less in marriages for a lot longer and stuff. Um, but, you know, the world is changing and they're trying to stick to these old narratives that don't normally fit anymore. And so my, my question to you would be, how was that transition from, you know, um, mourning impermanence to embracing it? Was it very quick? Um, what, uh, what triggered it within you? Uh, uh, that's a good question. Um, I think that for myself, I, I'm constantly trying to be, uh, to grow and be a better person, um, uh, for, for my own edification. And, and then also for the people that, uh, I get to meet or be surrounded a lot by in my life. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, obviously it sucked. I mean, like when you fall, mm-hmm. you get bruised, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, there definitely has been many times uh, that I have bruised. Um, but what's also great about that is that you also end up becoming, um, a little bit less afraid of bruising, you know, like when you learn to ride a bike. Yeah. Yeah. More re- resilient. Yeah. When you ride a bike the first couple of times, I, I, I've seen my niece fall off and go, I'm not ever doing that again. I'm like, no, you're going to, it's okay. You can do it. It's, you know, and then now she rides the bike, doesn't think about it. You know, like that's, just, that's how we do things. And, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it was hard. It's, it's hard to, to kind of shed old skin and, and grow new skin and, and to learn that I'm capable of some things that I might not even known even existed previously Mm-hmm. Um, is is a difficult thing, you know. It takes some time to learn and grow, and and um, 
I, th- I think for me, the best thing I could do is, is m- meet people that also have done this and grown and learned that can mentor me, but also, you know, second guessing myself and doing a lot of research and mm-hmm. learn, you know, just living, you know. I uh, I really love what you just said. You said that it, that it can be difficult to realize that you can do things. A lot of people find it difficult to realize that you can't do things. And and I think that people also find it difficult to realize that, like, you know, that our greatest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure is a very famous quote. But I think a lot of people don't, they're not cog, like cognitive. <clears throat> cognizant of it you know like Mm -hmm. they're not like aware of that fear and how you know fear fear isn't always limiting sometimes it's it's inspiring as well um so anyways i just thought that that was extremely interesting uh (laughs) um so so would you say then like that that shift was 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 a slow shift that shift from the old way of thinking the the traditional way of thinking that i by the way was also raised in religion and was also taught Mm -hmm. the same narrative or a similar narrative probably not the same because canada and the south aren't exactly the same but um, (laughs) um and and i'm just uh like can you can you think of I guess I guess okay I'll explain the reason I'm asking is mm-hmm. if someone else wants to shed narratives that are no longer valuable for them what pointers would you give for that Uh yeah uh I I think that I mean uh, I guess I would say these things I would say one journal oh, write yes. down your own experiences uh, you know Find out who you are. I think a lot of times we think we know ourselves, but but to write something down and then go back and even if you don't go back and read it, as you're writing it, you are clarifying that a little bit more for yourself. Like mm-hmm. you're making you're making it written in stone, you know, quote unquote. Uh, so I would say that too. I, I think getting a therapist is good for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, talk through something, your stuff with someone that is certified to hear you and give sound advice. Um, those two things would be great. Three would be surround yourself with people that better you and that you better and, and get rid of the people that don't, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, I, th- I think that learning how to make boundaries, which you probably can learn from the second one, getting your therapist, <laughs> um, can really help you a lot. Cause a lot of us are being brought down with the people around us and, mm-hmm. uh, you can love someone and still tell them no. Um, yes. <laughs> and so many people don't know that myself, I, I will say without a doubt that I've learned some of that this last year with some people, um, that, that I, you know, I probably would tell someone else that, but never really practice it in this last year. I'm like, I have to do that with this person too, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, but uh, doing those things really, you know, that will open you up. I think a lot of times it's, it's if you're going to build a garden, you have to pull up all the weeds. You have to to excavate the entire area, um, then then get get the soil ready before you start planting new things. And I think that that's what we have to do for the inside too. We kind of have to uproot by finding out who we are and what assess what the situation is. Uproot it, deal with these things that are already there, and then start planting in the new things. That's a really really good um, advice. 
And I think for me, like the the thing that made the difference in being able to set those boundaries is is the moment that I realized that sometimes it's the kindest thing you can do for both parties. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do is step away from a night dynamic that is harmful to both people, even though so, it feels like you're being an asshole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, the best relationships are ones that come easy and ones that, that are hard. Uh, that doesn't mean you need to get rid of them, but sometimes you need to, like you said, take a step back, you know, both of you for that matter and assess things. And, you know, the, sometimes it's timing, sometimes it's, it's uh, growth and sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes people are not meant to be in each other's lives and mm -hmm. the time that you had, you know, that's that it goes back to the timing thing. There's sometimes you're supposed to be with somebody for a, a finite amount of time. And if you, either of you prolong that longer, you realize that not you're not the same person anymore and you're not doing this you don't you know and it's because they aren't we grow we change mm -hmm. uh, some of the best things i ever learned was when my wife and i went to marriage counseling um it's, it seems like something's so simple that everyone should know but no one ever told me that in the way that this guy did but he said that that people expect to get married and that their partner's gonna be the same person today that they'll be in five years 10 years 20 years 50 years down the road and that what really happens is that we're you're not the same person you were five years before so why would you still be the same person to your partner and so that we need to continue to be working to meet that person and learn who they are and 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 be okay with them changing mm -hmm. you know and and that works not just for marriages or relationships but uh like romantic relationships but also friendships Yes. You know, we, we grow and we change. And so if your friend is no longer the person they were when you were 15, good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and if they, if, if that, that relationship between the two of you isn't working, that's okay. Like it's okay to let go because they, they probably are in a place that they need to move forward with their life and you need to move forward with yours. And that doesn't sully anything that you had before. It honestly makes what you had before even more romantic, you know, because... Yeah. It happened. You existed. They were a part of your life that made you who you are. And if you ever do see each other again, then, you know, it's not built on expectation, which is 90% of the problems for unhappiness is built on the fact that we expect way too much from everything, including the people that we know and love. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, it sounds like, um, and, and I, I, this is the first time I've thought of it this way, that, this way, that way, you know, um, and it sounds a little bit like you're touching on the sunken cost fallacy too, is where people, you know, I've put so much time into this, I can't just walk away and, mm. and let it be a beautiful thing. And the thing, the thing, again, another thing that helps me when it comes to, you know, exactly what you're talking about, that stepping back or changing the dynamic or things like that is, I mean, it's not just about me, is sometimes, you know, giving them the freedom to, you know, to stop taking up so much space in their lives or in their minds is also a gift. Um, yep. And I just loved what you said about people changing. Um, I, I had a guest on once that talked about that and it was eye-opening for me as well because I never it never occurred to me either. Is like, you know, I know I change, but people in my life changing too. And, you know, um, finding, you know, loving the person that they are as well as holding a space in your heart for the person that they once were is, is very yeah. valuable. Um, before we go on to the game, I wanted to ask, uh, you mentioned that you were a musician. So where could my listeners find your music? What kind of music is it? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, I do indie pop rock. Uh, it is available anywhere that music is available. Uh, the name of the project is Pacifico. It's uh, Pacific and then O like the ocean, but you know, <laughs> without the shin. Uh, so P-A-C-I-F-I-C-O. Um, 
yeah, there is another artist from Italy that has the same name, um, and uh, I could not sue him without lots of money. So you may stumble <laughs> upon him. But the easiest way is go to our website, PacificoRock.com. PacificoRock.com? Yeah, P-A-C-I-F-I-C-O-R-O-C-K.com. Um, and that will have links to everywhere and mm-hmm. such. And that'll be linked in the description as well. And uh, are you on Facebook, Instagram, any of that? Yep, yep. And they're all the same, Pacifico Rock. Uh, Perfect. Made, made it easy for everybody. Um, yep, and we got a new single dropping on... Uh, dropping, I'm like a rapper. We got a new <laughs> single dropping on uh, March uh, 5th. Uh, so pretty stoked about that. Watch out, world. He's stoked about a single dropping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what? Uh, <laughs> all right. And so are you ready to guess some Scottish slang that I may or may not pronounce correctly? And if you're Scottish, please forgive me. I blame <laughs> scotlandwelcomesyou.com. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. I, I can't wait to see how terrible I am at this. All right. So we'll start with one that's apparently, apparently this is Scottish slang, but you guys say that it's Canadian slang. Um, a boot. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. So I have to guess what that means. Um, uh, I, I mean, I would say uh, a boot, like around, around back. It means apparently it means about. <laughs> um, oh, okay. And that's what Americans say we say, which is not quite true, but truer than Canadians like to admit too. Um, <laughs> uh, bahuki or bahuki? I don't know how to say it. Bahuki. Um. Yeah, uh, sex? Uh, it means backside <laughs> or bum, so surprisingly not that far, just around the corner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, bairn. I know this bairn. one. Bairn. I can use it in a sentence. It's the only Scottish sentence I know. And also, oh. Scottish people, don't judge me. <laughs> My great-grandfather was a wee bairn in Scotland. <laughs> oh, um... I'm going to say boy then. A uh, child. Baby. Child, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Bonnie. This one you, I'm sure, know. Uh, yeah, lady lass. Uh, no, no, it would be a Bonnie lass. Oh, oh so uh, I don't know. My, my Bonnie lies over the ocean, so I, I oh, my love? love? Uh, my beauty, so beautiful. Beauty, beauty, okay, okay. Uh, like bon- Bonita, okay, yeah, Bonnie. Yeah, that that is like that. That's, that's true, I didn't even think of that. Okay, I'm going to do two more. Um, dinner. Dinner? <laughs> no, it means don't. So, like, I dinner can. And your, uh, your, your Scottish is pretty good. <laughs> well, I dinner can. I'm five eight Scottish, so you know, oh, basically nobody. from Scotland, according to <laughs> no one. Um, <laughs> I just really like accents, and I feel like Scottish people are pretty safe because they're super, super nice from my experience. And have a good sense of humor about how bad my Scottish accent is for them. (laughs) (laughs) And last one we are going to do is scullery, which is kind of an archaic Uh, English word as well. So, uh, like up to no good. It's a kitchen. Uh, Yeah, same thing. (laughs) Basically, the same thing. The kitchen, (laughs) up to no good. Synonyms. Yeah. Uh, Well, you could have synonym roles in the kitchen. (laughs) My, uh, oh, I don't know if you'd like me telling everyone this, but my boyfriend says Simonin. Um, oh. <laughs> for synonym, and it's the cutest thing in the whole world, and I love That's it. Pretty, uh, <laughs> it's like Puschetti. Yeah, it, it's it's adorable, and he doesn't listen to the podcast, so it's fine. He'll never know. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Matthew, for your time and energy. Yes. This was really good. And I feel like you um, you said a lot of really helpful, useful things um, that honestly, because like I was having a bit of a challenging afternoon and I feel like I'm going to go into the rest of my afternoon feeling a lot better. So well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I also uh, really enjoyed this experience. Thank you. And to my audience, I love you. Bye. Thank you.